baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Laura, we're all waiting for the announcement as to whether or not Yes. Joe Maurer gets in the Hall of Fame. Yes, we are. There's a live broadcast on MLB Network. Joe knows if he's in. He's gotten the call. So they 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 promise. Dan, you look skeptical. No, no, I just mean he's either gotten the call and knows he's in or he hasn't got the call. That's and right. Knows that he knows that he's not the in. The phone call. Right. The phone yes. call. So they make a call before the broadcast. Okay. Uh, and the Star Tribune was reporting back in the day, like Burt Blylevin was given like a two-hour window. Okay. And so you'd know if the call would come or not. Gotcha. And here they know there's this broadcast at 5 o'clock. Right. And the call is supposed to come shortly before the broadcast. <sighs> it's so nerve-wracking. It, I'm glad he knows. I'm sure his family, his friends know. Right. But for the rest of us... You really don't know. There's been this tracker that sort of has the voters who have made their votes public. And for Joe not to get in, it would be a tremendous percentage of the non-public votes. So the guy that runs that tracker is is Ryan Thibodeau. And he just recently, like within the last five minutes, put out his final, this is what we know going into the broadcast. 206 public ballots or ballots have been made public. That's about 57% of the available ballots. And Maurer's been on 83.5% of those ballots that have been made public. So if he's anything even close to like two-thirds of the remaining ballots, he'll sail in. So, Dan, how does this actually work? Like, what is this first ballot business and, and what is the significance again? So when you when you retire, uh, there's a five-year window and then you become eligible for the Hall of Fame ballot. Okay. So it's been five years since the end of, of Joe's career. And then members with a certain standing within the Baseball Writers Association of America get a ballot, and they can vote for up to 10 players off of that ballot. There aren't any structured objective criteria. It isn't like if you, you, know, you have to hit these numbers and you're in, and if you don't hit these numbers and you're out. It's a very subjective pro- pro- process. And what we've learned is that as analytics have grown, as people have learned more about how to evaluate a player's career objectively or as objectively as possible uh, – Players that initially were on the ballot and didn't get enough, you have to get 75% of the votes of the available ballots have to have you on it in order to get in. Mm -hmm. Players who didn't reach that threshold but were somewhere close, as years went by and new people were voting or different people were reevaluating their votes, you'd see players get in on subsequent ballots. I think Blylevin got in on his second to last. You only get like 10 years. 10 years, yeah. Okay. And so it was his ninth year that Burt was – Finally voted in. So there, it's like tries. Ballots are attempts. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. And and so per year, you get one a year. It's one ballot. Yeah. It, it, it means something for a player. I mean, if a player gets in on the first ballot, they're sort of you are universally seen as a Hall of Famer. That's I mean, a that's, big deal. That's a big deal. Only two catchers have ever been elected to the Hall of Fame on ballot number one. Wow. Right. Okay. So it's very rare, yes. especially in that position, which maybe yeah. doesn't get the Holy moly, this guy's a Hall of Famer. I will say the first 10 minutes of this broadcast, uh, 
has almost exclusively focused on Joe Mauer. Okay. Well, so, but I, these sign. guys don't know, supposedly. The studio hosts don't know, but that's sort of what they're he's, at. I mean, so. he's a really interesting case, and it's why, you know, two months ago when we started talking about this, my opinion at that time was I didn't think he was going to get in on the first ballot. Yeah. Okay. Because he has this stretch in his career where he was truly dominant as a catcher. He also has this stretch of his career at the end where he was a very average first baseman. Okay, yeah. And so how much of what are what you do taking you do into that? account right. in order to see is this yes. guy worthy of the Hall of Fame? And I think locally we were so immersed in that and so kind of bummed by what happened towards the end of his career that a lot of us weren't really sure. Yeah. Whereas it seems like nationally when you're looking at these numbers, people are like, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. It's not even a question. It's a given. How much do they take into account a player's character and likability mm. and just being a good guy? Like, I mean, he's he's – the good guy here. Right. He's perfect. Yeah. That's really up to the individual voter. Okay. I mean, again, at the end of the day, there really aren't criteria for – again, that was the whole problem with like the steroid era, right? Yeah. The, the, the Hall of Fame or, and the Writers Association, neither of them would give guidance to voters to say you should count steroid guys or you shouldn't count steroid guys. Okay. So it yeah. became up to yeah. each of the individual voters, well, am I going to count that or not? And that created a lot of controversy, you know, understandably so. I would say being a good guy does not help you being – a bad guy potentially could hurt, hurt you. you. And, it, yeah. and it depends. And maybe if it's a marginal case, but certainly in a first ballot. like, And we'll see, Dan, you know, maybe sports writers also, you have a, a younger generation of sports yeah. writers, whereas the older generation of sports writers who would be more likely, you know, they get 10 votes. So up to 10. You could vote for one. You could vote for none. Okay. There have been years where no one was elected right. to the Hall of Fame. Right. Because you need 75% of the votes. So I think an older generation of sports writers might just skip it and now uh, or, or vote for two or vote for four. And it seems like of the votes that have been made public, there are more votes that people are using yeah. eight, nine, ten of their votes. That's true. Uh, you know, and it's, you hear legendary stories, too. I mean, obviously, these voters are human, right? If you're going into a clubhouse as a baseball writer— and a guy is helpful, yeah. gives you lots of quotes, yes. talks to you regularly. I mean, you know, you sort of start to pull. You know, sure. Doesn't so, hurt. Because yeah. people are just human like that. That shouldn't be determinative about whether you're a Hall of Famer or not. Was Maurer like that? Was he helpful and approachable and Joe, all of that? Joe would talk, but Joe would come out well after he had done therapy and all of this stuff that he needed to do for his body. And then Joe was sort of famous for not saying a whole lot. I mean, saying some stuff, but not really saying anything that was super interesting or controversial (laughs) because that was just the image that he was trying to promote. And he has every right to do that. So I think there was sort of. He wasn't loved by the sports. I I don't know that he was. Because he He never gave you. He wasn't hated, but he never gave you a headline quote. Yeah. He never. That just. He wasn't an attention seeker. I think people admired that. I don't know if that's fair, Dan. Pretty low key. But pretty low key. Yeah. Today is a big day for votes. And well, this announcement should be cut coming soon so we'll, we'll just keep it here until yeah. until it happens but it is a big day for votes right in uh, new hampshire today we're we're going to get our first look as to whether dean phillips makes any headway right. as someone who spent a lot of money and then see if nikki haley um you know is she able to make a case that this thing is worth continuing right so it should be interesting to see kind of how that shakes out today definitely yeah Dean Phillips, it's been interesting because he sort of announced that he was running on Chad's show. Yes. So we've been watching this uh, from the beginning. 
Yep, and he has said that he's even past today. He's in it. He's in it at least till like midsummer or something. I think he said. Yeah, and he's putting his money behind it, right? So he can Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is claiming that she's going to continue. But as we talked about yesterday, if the money dries up, it doesn't really matter. Right. And donors like to be with the winner. Yep. So if it looks like you're cooked, they're out, which is sort of annoying because then we don't even get to vote. It's just people have decided this is how it's going to be. Yeah. So frustrating. One other vote that's going on today is the list of MnDOT snowplow. (laughs) Yes. They went... 8,000 submissions. Yep. Including Chasen DeSlusha. Oh, are you in the finals? No. Oh, you're not in the finals. Absolute 50? outrage. Will I be filing a public <laughs> records re- request to find out how, how many nominations I had? Oh. Y- you better believe it. Taylor Drift beat you out. Uh, Taylor Drift is a decent. I like Taylor Drift. Some of these are good. I have to say, I think the nominees have gotten better. Mm hmm. Sweet Child O'Brien, that's pretty good. Uh, Shiver Me Blizzards, that's pretty good. Jason, it's it's now official. Uh, Joseph Patrick Maurer becomes the fourth person from St. Paul, Minnesota to be elected to baseball's national right. Oh, that's wonderful news. That's great. That is awesome. Thank you, Dan. Wow. Joe Maurer, the St. Paul kid... Who was an out? He was maybe the best football, high school football player in the state. Yep. Maybe the best high school basketball player in the state. A high best sport. Yep. Uh, Adrian Beltre also in the class of 2024. Looked like Beltre was almost a. He was nearly unanimous. We knew of at least two ballots that he wasn't on, but they haven't announced the percentages yet. When they get done announcing the full roster, then. We'll get the uh, we'll get the percentages, so we'll know where Bo- Joe was. But but he's in, he's officially in. That is outstanding. Now, where mm. did I see that the the date of the actual ceremony is July twenty first in Cooperstown? Right. Yeah, this is great. Very exciting. Eighteen hundred fifty eight games, two thousand one hundred twenty three hits, three batting titles. He joins Johnny Bench. And Ivan Rodriguez as the only first ballot catchers in the history of baseball. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. So, Dan, are they defining him then as a catcher for this for these purposes, or does it just not really matter? They talk about it like, were you predominantly a catcher? I see. Right? So. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, that would be. I don't know if they really get too specific about... Doesn't matter. About the, the position. Yeah. The writing I've seen about it sort of describes it that way. Yeah. People who spent the the bulk of their career or the... Yeah. And it was it was the statistics that he put up during his time at, as a catcher that's going to put him Got in the fame. So. Yep. Anybody else, Dan, get in? Or? Uh, Todd Helton of the Colorado Rockies uh, is in as well. Four St. Saint, Saint Paul natives. Yep. Uh, and coming up in about 10 minutes... We're going to talk to Dan Hayes from The Athletic. He covers the Twins. Uh, Love to have, like, your memories. I think a lot of us who grew up here, you've got Joe Maurer games that were special. I will never forget his final game of Mm -hmm. his career Mm -hmm. where one last time he put that that gear on again. It's pretty cool. 
first ballot Hall of Famer, Joe Maurer. Um, how fun to think of the moments uh, at Target Field where we watched Joe. Hometown, the hometown hero. Um, one team throughout his career, too, which I think yep. is pretty special. That's pretty cool. And it's just those three, by the way. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer, all three will be or have been inducted or will be have been elected and will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Your Joe Maurer memories, your Joe Maurer stories. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so looking at the totals now, Adrian Beltre was on 95% of the ballots. Todd Helton was on 78%. Joe Maurer at 76.1%. Ooh, he just made it. So that's by like a couple of votes that he got in. Uh, Billy Wagner just missed at 73.8%. Uh, Gary Sheffield, uh, 63.9%. This was his 10th and final opportunity. So That is, uh, y- you know, you wondered about that, how close it was going to be. It's a lot closer than I think some of us thought it was going to be. Uh, one other Minnesota Twins note, too, by the way. Uh, this was Tory Hunter's first appearance on the uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Tory got 7.3% of the votes. Right. You need 5% to stay on the ballot. And For so next time. He will be eligible again next year. Good. So. Well, I do know that Creighton Durham Hall High School, near my home, will definitely have to redo some signage and some plaques that they have for Mr. Maurer in the school. Do they have any room for any more? Probably not. He's got a bunch there. The field house is named for him. He's all over that place. So that'll be fun to see how they have to modify things. Isn't there a a burger at the Nook across the street named after Joe? Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, Keep those memories coming. If you want to call in with those, we welcome it. We will talk. Uh, uh, I'm seeing that Joe is going to have a news conference on uh, Zoom uh, later on today. Great. So we'll hear from Joe Maurer himself, uh, but very, very close. I mean, 75%. You said, So he way overwhelmingly was on the ballots, but those undisclosed ballots at the end, as you know, you sort of fear when you have this secret ballot that people have the right and the ability to reveal their vote, that you can get a false sense of security. Sure. That, that like, you're in. So just looking again, it, we're, we're just getting us this uh, data. Uh, so you needed 285 ballots to get in. Uh, Joe got 293. So that's Good. Do the math real quickly. That's eight. eight so he had an eight-vote clearance. Uh, poor Billy Wagner had 284. Oh. So talk about missing. Crushing. Missing it by a vote. Uh, wow. That, that's got to. That's got to stay. I'm sorry. You need 289. He missed it by. Uh, he missed it by five votes. You needed 280. So Joe, Joe, you needed 289. So Joe got in by four, and Billy missed it by five. Wow. It's hard to get 75. percent Really, really is. It shows you how close that can be. Wow. Very cool. All right. Thanks, Dan. We'll take a break. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We've got uh, Dan Hayes from the Athletic, our Twins expert. And he'll join us just after 5.30 as we celebrate St. Paul's own Joe Maurer, first ballot baseball Hall of Famer. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. Every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The last 
hit of Joe Maurer's career from St. Paul to the Hall. Number seven, Joe Maurer goes down in baseball history. At age 40, the first player born in the 1980s, a player that, you know, so many of us, his high school career, his professional career, it echoes our own sort of, you know, baseball fandom of people of in, in their 40s, low 50s. Joe Maurer was the guy. Um, controversial locally. Sure, when you have a guy who is a number one draft pick, who absolutely blew away everyone's expectations when it came to offense and uh, at least base hitting, right? The rip was Joe didn't hit enough home runs. Catchers at one point in time were known as power hitters where they didn't get a lot of hits, but when they did, it was home run time. Joe Maurer had one of the most beautiful swings that you'd see in the uh, certainly in the last 20, 30 years in baseball. Um, it's pretty amazing, I think, when you look at his his path to stay with one team. Yep. To basically, he started in the Metrodome years, didn't he? Yes. And his new contract was the first year of opening of Target Field. Of Target Field. And that was sort of the debate that we knew Joe was going to make a lot of money. He deserved a lot of money. But Minnesota, the poll ads and their reputation at the time, you say, are they going to pony up for Joe? They, I think, did they really have a choice? How do you build, open this new stadium and say we sent the hometown guy away? Packing, yeah, that, I mean, no way. I just don't know. The average fan, yes, the baseball lunatics, maybe, right. the stats guys, but the average fan would have absolutely lost their mind. There's no question about that. You know, we got a text uh, talking about you know the, their memory of Joe is not winning a pennant. And that was always the criticism of people mm-hmm. that think that he didn't deserve to get into the Hall of Fame. Again, Joe Maurer in the Hall of Fame, 76.1% of the vote. Uh, he'll be inducted on July 21st. Uh, the people around town that didn't think that he deserved to get in would often cite this argument. The problem with that argument is Joe can't pitch. <laughs> you know, I mean, he can't. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, to try and put on one guy and say, if you're a Hall of Famer, that means your team should have won. Uh, should have won yeah. a playoff game, should have won a World Series, should have won a pennant. Uh, and and the teams that Joe were on didn't. But when you go back and you look at the composition of those rosters, to put that on Joe and say, well, no, that should limit you from being in the Hall of Fame, to me is just yeah, a nonsensical yeah, argument from the start. Plenty of Hall of Famers did not win right. a pennant. Right. What you want to, You do what you can, and this is the difficulty, especially in the game of baseball where there's eight other guys on the field, to try and isolate a, a single player's performance and make that relative to other players' performances is really difficult. It's a, yeah. it's a difficult thing to do. Um, but as, we, as analytics develop and mature, we get better and better at being able to isolate what a guy was able to do. And when you compare Joe's numbers against other catchers who are either already in the Hall of Fame or who didn't make the Hall of Fame, he just he blows them all out of the water. It's not close. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that's what gets you in as a first yes. ballot Hall of Famer. And first ballot is is significant. By five votes, is. by 50 votes. I mean, unless you're you know unanimous guy, you know, Mariano Rivera, uh, whether you in by five votes or in by 50 votes, it doesn't matter. You're a no. Hall of Famer. Right. 
you, you get well, the Well, it's again. getting 75% is difficult. The total number oh, yeah. of votes available is well over 300. You needed what they say 289 to get in. So right. that's 75%. So it's 300 and whatever. 13th Hall of Famer ever to play for the Twins. Fourth St. Paul native. Paul Molitor, Jack Morris, Dave Winfield, and Joe Maurer all grew up within a two-mile radius in St. Paul. It's amazing. We are going to talk uh, to Dan Hayes from The Athletic about the breaking news. Joe Maurer is in. Hall of Famer. Our coverage continues here on CCO. Baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 